On this episode, we're talking to an agent in North Carolina who in their very first year as an agent sold 40 homes and they're on pace to nearly double that this year as a solo agent. The Massive Agent Podcast. We lead generation tips and strategies to get you more leads and sell more homes. I love to buy houses. I like to sell houses. It takes brass balls to sell real estate. Wait a minute. The leads are weak. You're weak. I've had better. Oh, have I got your attention now? Here's your host, Dustin Brome. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 122 of the Massive Agent Podcast. I am your host, Dustin Brome. So glad to be here. So glad you are here. And this is this is an awesome episode. We get into a lot of specifics and tactics and tools and platforms that Matthew Kane uses and, and has used to sell 40 homes in his first year as an agent. Um, it, it's just it's such an awesome interview. He's done some things very, very well. And some of the stuff is is probably going to be repetitive. Uh, you've heard it before, but I think for the first time, you're going to hear how it's all been put together and how he's built his system and how it's kind of snowballed in a positive direction. So this is a great episode, very tactical. If you're looking for the meat, if you're looking for the girth of it, God, that sounds awful. If you're looking for, you know, the, the the tactics, if you want an episode that will force you to take notes, this is probably the one, and it's a good one. So, if you guys are new to the show, thank you for joining. My name is Dustin Brome, your host. I almost forgot my name there. Do you, do you hear that stutter? Totally stuttered. Totally hesitated. Don't know why. Maybe I question myself. I'm, I'm an agent in Salt Lake City, Utah. Have been for over nine years now. I'm the co-founder of the Industry Syndicate. This show is a proud founding member of the Industry Syndicate Podcast Network. You can go get the Industry Syndicate mobile app on the App Store, on Google Play, totally free, and check out all of our other shows on the network. And there's a few more new ones that are coming this month, which is awesome. I'm a national speaker on all things real estate marketing and podcasting. At least I used to be when we had conferences and those were a thing. So hopefully I hopefully I will be again. I write a weekly column for Housing Wire and I am the founder of the Massive Agent Society, our one agent per market lead gen training, coaching, mentoring program. You can get the details on that and see if your market is even available to claim for yourself and only for yourself over at massiveagentsociety.com. I want to give a quick thank you to every one of you who has subscribed to the show and or left a review for us on iTunes or Spotify or Podcast Addict or wherever you're listening. Thank you so much. It it really helps us to grow the show. You know, we do this for free. This is this podcast is free of charge, doesn't cost you anything. So, the fee for you to get this podcast every week is if you find value in it, please leave a review. Please share it with a colleague, share it with your broker, share it with a team member, share it with a friend, uh, share it with a, a Facebook group that you're part of, of, of agents. Help us to get this, this podcast in front of new agents because we're helping agents survive these crazy times. Okay, we're, we're also helping agents who have their heads removed from their ass to actually thrive and, and, and do well and lay the groundwork for dominating for the second half of 2020. If you're doing the right things, if you're list, if you've listened to the last four or five episodes of this show, you know that there's, there's a path forward, that there's a specific roadmap of things that you should be doing right now to grow your business. And you may not, you may not get a new client here in the next, you know, 14 days or something, but that's okay. If you do the right things in the next two, three, four, five months, you're going to start growing dramatically because you're going to do the right things when your competitors are sitting on the sidelines and laying down. 
Incredible time. Incredible time. So if you're new to the show, if this is your first episode, please go back, listen to some of the, the most recent episodes and, and really dig in there. So uh, let's let's start the interview with Matthew Kane. He is, like I said, he's – so first off, he's a full-time firefighter. Okay? He's a firefighter who sells homes uh, full-time as well. And he, once you hear his schedule as a firefighter, you're like, damn, that's a, that's a cushy schedule. No, it's one of the most dangerous jobs on the planet – you know, so so there's that. But his schedule allows him to be a full-time firefighter while still being a full-time agent and obviously crushing it. Sold 40 homes in his first year. He's off to a hell of a start just two or three months into his second year as an agent. He should hit, he's on pace to hit icon agent status with EXP Realty, which is where uh, once you cap, you sell 20 homes beyond that. And they actually give you your whole $16,000 cap that you've paid into the company, they give it back to you in EXP company stock. So he should hit that this year. That's incredible. Uh, but uh, let's jump into it. Matthew has a great system. It's not overly complicated at all. He's focused on a few things and he's, he's done it very, very well. So if you guys are looking for that roadmap, that blueprint to make it happen, this is it. So let's jump into it with Matthew Kane from Wilmington, North Carolina right now. All right, guys, I'm here with Matthew Kane in Wilmington, North Carolina, one of the rising stars of our industry, no doubt. Matthew, welcome to the Massive Agent Podcast. What's up, man? Hey, Dustin, how are you? It's great to be here, and thanks for having me. You, you bet, man, you bet. Yeah, I, you know, you're, you know, full transparency, you're part of my EXP organization, and, you know, I see you're doing a lot of deals, you're, you're selling a lot of homes, but you're also a fairly new agent, and so obviously you found a rhythm, you've, you've figured You've figured out how to do this business, obviously. The proof is in the pudding. And so I just wanted to I wanted you to be able to share your story of what's been working for you and how you've been doing it because uh, you've you've been having success in a relatively short period of time. And especially right now with this huge shakeup and all this uncertainty, you, I saw on social media you let's see, you had within 30 days, six six homes closed and seven more under contract. That's nuts. Like for a, for a six month period, that's great. You've done it in 30 days. So um, yeah. first off, how long have you been in business? You know, give us the, the 60 second scoop on who you are and, and then we'll jump into how you've been able to have success so quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I come from a little bit of a unique background as far as real estate goes. Um, I joined the Marine Corps in 2008. Mm-hmm. I was a, a Marine until 2000. 12, 2013, got out, went to school, studied entrepreneurship for four years, got my degree, uh, and then actually got brought on to a business strategy and operations consulting firm, one of the big four firms out in DC, stayed there for a year or so ago. So I really kind of learned how to engage with clients, listen to that conversation, uh, systems, um, and really having a plan for success. Ultimately, I found that I was miserable in DC and I wanted to leave and go have my own business. And um, my family's always been involved in real estate, primarily on the building side. So I knew it a little bit and I thought it would be uh, an area that I could succeed in ultimately. So I made the shift and moved down to Wilmington, North Carolina, where I, I actually started working for a real estate firm while I was unlicensed doing some inside sales. Uh, Nice. Got pretty good on the phones, got used to all, you know, re- being rejected in every way possible, kind of how to overcome those objections and 
got good at that. Eventually decided to go out and get my own real estate license and um, been actively selling for about a year and a half now. Nice. Um, yeah, had a great first year. Um, on top of real estate, I'm also a full-time firefighter, so I'm, I'm working two jobs right now too. That's awesome. So yeah. what does that schedule look like? Do you do like the four, four days on, three days off kind of thing? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. You do uh, 24 on, 24 off, 24 on, 24 off, 24 on, four days off. So you got plenty oh, wow. of time to have a second job. And, um, you know, it's a great network, uh, great sphere, a great way to connect with people. And um, kind of carried that through my entire real estate career so far has been really focusing on other service oriented individuals. Um, I find that those are the people I connect with and, you know, um, it's been a, a great way to generate business for myself. That's awesome. So you had somewhat of an understanding of the industry being, being yeah. an ISA helpful, obviously, but it, what was real quick, I'm going to get yeah. into in just a second, how you've been able to jump in and sell homes. But what was the biggest misconception you had or what, or what did you just not even consider that was different than what you thought it would be coming from, you know, working as an ISA to then once you became an agent, what was the biggest learning curve or what, what was different that you didn't expect? Um, tough to say. Uh, different. I, I was brought into it on a team. So I saw that there was a lot of issues with, you know, handing clients off from an ISA to the actual agent selling over to a transaction coordinator. And I just felt like the whole customer service was not continuous and you were getting, you know, varying various levels of customer service throughout the process and just sitting in a team. And I was in a team that was selling, you know, close to 200 houses a year with four or five people. And, you know, they were, they were killing it but I thought to myself that I could do it better. Um, ultimately I was with a firm that's required me to go to goal setting meetings and things along those lines. Didn't really have the freedom I was looking for, expected to be on the phones from 8am to, you know, 3pm and then show houses in the afternoon. I don't find that that's necessary for the way that I do things. Um, you're I'm being not, put into a box, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, being put into a box, doing it their way, making the people above me money. And it was very clear, you know, going to these goal-setting meetings that the only reason I'm setting goals is to make that other individual more money. Mm -hmm. um, it just didn't really sit well with me. I know that if I'm going to be putting in that much effort, I'm going to make myself more money. I'm not really, um, call it selfish, but it's just kind of the path that I... I took and it's kind of what stood out to me the entire time I was there. Yeah. Call it selfish. Yeah. Call it just being a good business person and putting right. yourself first and yeah. your needs first. Like yeah. that's, that's how it should be. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So once you, once you jumped in, you got your own license, you went into business for yourself uh, with, you know, outside of this team and obviously with a different company, yeah. what, what did you do to hit the ground running? Like, and, I mean, give us the whole story. Was it, was it tough to start? Did you find it somewhat easy or what were those struggles when you first got started? And, and tell us how you really jump-started your whole real estate sales career. Yeah, it was, uh, it was tough to start. First few deals were just, uh, you know, family members and, and really close friends. 
Uh, I focus going into every transaction, uh, making it known up front. You know, my goal here is for you to be happy with my service and for you to be happy enough to leave me a positive review when this is all done. Uh, those positive reviews accumulated very quickly, you know, and then as did my ranking on Google, Facebook, uh, you name it. And then I started getting um, more organic calls just people who found me online and then, you know, focused on customer service with them and then you get their referrals and it just escalated extremely quickly for me, uh, especially doing programs like homes for heroes hmm. here in my area, outside of a major military base, you can do um, a homes for heroes program while also giving them the best customer service that you can provide. You're going to be successful. So tell us about Homes for Heroes because I know I know a few agents that have done it. Um, how does the program work? Because from the outside looking in, it's awesome. But like, tell us the behind the scenes. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty unbelievable. It's um, you know the they'll they'll say that you get a reward check at closing. Uh, the reality of the program is that if you work with a Homes for Heroes agent, you are getting twenty five percent of their commission as a thank you for their service. No strings attached. It's a nice check after closing where you can either apply it towards your closing cost, or if you buy a house that needs some work, you can put it towards uh, you know remodeling after the fact. It's really 100% up to you. There's no catches. It's a it's a win-win for everybody, and it's really um, around here. It's a great tool for me to have. Um, if I'm running into a client who I've shown some houses, but I can tell they're kind of on the fence about me, uh, it's pretty good chance that I can qualify anybody in this area for Homes for Heroes if I really wanted to. And that's a great way for me to lock them in as a client and eventually get the sale. So I love it. So how many of the, of the deals that you've done so far, how many have been through that Homes for Heroes program? Um, <clears throat> I did about 40 deals my first year in real estate and 26 of them were Homes for Heroes. Oh, wow. So that's all... Um, you know, Homes for Heroes doesn't give you leads. It's not a lead generation. It's a, it's a tool for your toolbox where you can take that and, um, you know, market it yourself. And I'm also a first responder. So my network is all first responders. I you know, support those events that they have and they see the Homes for Heroes and ultimately they end up reaching out to me. That's cool. Yep. How have you, have you gotten the word out that you are, that you have access to that program and what it is like, because yeah. selling 40 deals your first year is freaking incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate um, it. Of course. How have you gotten the word out? How, have, what have you been doing marketing wise? Cause I know a lot of it's word of mouth, but, um, sponsor, you, uh, you know, sponsor their events. I don't do, um, you know, some things I don't do. I don't do cold calling. I don't do door knocking. Um, it's a hundred percent. I'll sponsor a few events. I sponsored the firefighter ball this year. Um, the police fire hockey games. And, you know, really it's, if I give great service to John Smith, John Smith is a police officer. These are extremely tight knit communities. They talk to each other, their friends are other first responders. So ultimately the referrals come in. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So, and earlier you mentioned how the reviews, you started getting some great reviews yep. and then you started getting found through Google searches uh, or elsewhere from yep. those reviews. Are you finding Google is the best source or the best placement of those reviews for you? Um, 
you know, I think Facebook's doing a little bit better for me. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's really strange with Google. You know, I have, um, I I use EXP's website, great website, great CRM, great combination package altogether. However, I don't have control over the SEO of that website. True. Which hurts. Yeah. I have, um, I'd say I have uh, 30, 30 some odd reviews on there right now. My first year in real estate, all five star reviews. Yet if you search my city, real estate agent, I don't pop up. Whereas if you search me on, you know, Wilmington realtor on Facebook, I will pop up. And I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happens behind the scenes there, but for some reason I have more, uh, I guess a higher relevance score on Facebook than I do Google. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you, I assume you have the Google, my business profile set up and all that. Yep. Yep. Nice. Yep. Uh, try to once every other week, I'll post something on Facebook, put the same thing on Instagram. Also go ahead and copy it into a Google, um, Google post and try to keep all my open houses on there. But ultimately I think it comes down to that website that you have. Mm-hmm. So one of my next, one of the things on my huge to-do list is to get a real website developer in there, um, build me a new website and start working on that SEO. Nice. Yeah. But, it's cool that, that really quickly you've noticed that there's different levels. Like obviously what you've started with is fantastic. And for a lot of agents, that KV core website will be fantastic for years to come. But sometimes depending on what you personally are doing and what yep. you want to do and how you want to be found, you outgrow certain things. Yes. And you've just done that relatively quickly. So that's cool. And I want everyone to listen to everyone listening to, to realize that uh, there's no one size fits all because there's different levels, there's different needs, there's different, um, you, you know, where you're at in your career. So um, all these are considerations that it's not, unfortunately, there's just no black or white, easy answer to any of it. It, the answer is it depends. Yep. You're finding that out because you're out there just doing shit. You're just, sure. you're just doing it right. Like from the outside looking in, when I see what you put on social media, you're just, you're just going, you're just doing it. Yeah. Why not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even, you know, with that website in mind, even if I do pay a developer to really beef up an amazing website for me, I'm not going to get rid of that KB core website because that website is, um, you know, it's, it's useful and it's a, it syncs up perfectly with KB core mm-hmm. generating leads, you know, sharing my listings on, through my KB core website, it ties back perfectly to the CRM and, and automatically gets them on drip campaigns. I've also noticed that if you do uh, leads through your KB core website, it automatically saves search alerts for them based on what they're looking at, yes. which would not happen if I had my own custom developed website. Correct. So it's, uh, it's definitely has its pros just holding on to it. So um, ultimately, uh, the KB core website integrates really well and I can actually see what people are searching for when they search on my KB core website and it will automatically generate that perfect search alert for the client without me manually having to go into the CRM and add it in there myself. So with that in mind, I'd probably never give up that free website, especially because it's free. You're right. I mean, you, you know, some, some brokerages will include it. Uh, EXP is not the only one. I know there's, there's local 
independent brokerages here in Salt Lake that provide it. It's a, it's a great tool. The CRM is not perfect. As you know, it's not perfect by any stretch. It still has some shortcomings, but yeah, a lot of those smart behavior triggered um, things that it does, it's very scientific word. There are things um, a lot of those things like if somebody revisits your website uh, within a certain period of time it'll automatically like send them a certain notification or or it notifies you and and yeah. the, the smart campaigns yeah. are really cool um you're right you would have to recreate that from scratch elsewhere it's kind of funny when you have someone on there looking at your website and you don't even realize it and kv course texting back and forth with them not just uh hey can i help you with this house they're actually responding to the questions without me even realizing it yeah so it's, it's really neat yeah Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a great platform. That's something I was super surprised about. When I first moved to eXp two years ago, I already had my website through Easy Agent Pro. I had my Wise Agent CRM and I had my system and I'm like, well, I have this KV Core thing. I should probably try it out. And like, I haven't used it nearly to the extent as you because it's, it's like a, an additional thing for me, right. but it captures leads really, really well. And it follows up with them really yeah. effectively. Um, yeah. it, it's great. Yeah, we actually had that conversation and I kind of always go back and forth with stuff like this on my website. We had a conversation a few months ago about um, keeping my own personal website because I actually had my own website developed at one point. I was paying hundreds of dollars a month. Uh, This is when I very first started real estate and scared the crap out of me because I'm paying $100 a month and my business is already limited as it is. And then I have this KB core and a free website. I'm like, well, you know, maybe I'll spend my efforts beefing that one up. But um, at that time, I did not realize that I could not control the SEO of that KB core site. So now I'm probably going to shift right back to where I was when I started. Sure. So. <laughs> uh, and you had to, yeah. you had to get there. Um, yeah. You, you're right. Like the, the, the meta tags and all the the settings of the website, you can't do anything about the content on it. You yeah. can, but I mean, that's like one hand, one hand tied behind your back. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So uh, what else are you doing that's working for you? So, um, you know, word of mouth obviously is working marketing wise. Like, are there any specific ad campaigns or posts or, or yeah. anything that you've done that have just worked better that you, you want people to know about? Yeah. Um, I guess when I got into this, I don't really know much about Facebook marketing. Uh, that's why how I ended up following you. And, you know, I took a lot of your ads and ended up tweaking them and making them my own. Nice. Um, I had a lot of ads running and quite frankly, it was generating more leads than I myself could possibly handle. <laughs> so I, yeah. I turned them down. I, I turned them off and yeah, I'm a big component. I'm a big believer in having just a few lead generation sources. I try to work three to four at a time and hit those hard on three or four that work. Mine's, mine are personally um, Homes for Heroes leads, uh, Dave Ramsey leads, and I do Facebook seller ads. Uh, that's currently what I'm working at right now. And I'm even, even at this point, I'm, I'm maxed out at time, on time. So I'll often turn those Facebook seller ads off. Um, my seller ad is just that simple, you know, find out what your home's worth. Nice. I toyed around with the pictures a lot. And I actually found for me, the best performing picture has been. Um, so, you know, when you search on Zillow and you see the little red blips for houses, mm-hmm. I took a picture of my city 
with all the little red blips on it. And I've been using that and it was, it generates probably two to three times more leads than it was when it was just a picture of a pretty house or something along those lines, seeing those little blips in your actual location. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but I think that, I think that grabs the local audience a little bit better. Yeah, I think you're right. I've, I've noticed that in my business, um, I've seen, I've seen that working well. So that's interesting that you found the same thing and that it's dramatically uh, better. Um, and then, so, so your home value site is, are you doing a Facebook lead ad or a traffic where you're sending them to a, a landing page? Yeah, it's funny. I'm actually, um, I'm actually doing neither. I have them to a, um, it sends them out to a, a form. Mm-hmm. Uh, a form, my form is basically name, phone number, email address, um, address, and then I have a question in there that says, have you made any changes since your last purchase? You, know, you, you created your own home, home value request landing page? No, it's just a, it's just a lead gen uh, a Facebook form. Oh, just so the, the lead gen is. objective. Yep. Um, Got it. Form, yeah, you, you know this way better than I do. Whatever uh, lands to that form, that's what they get hit with. And yeah. that form zaps over to KV Core um, immediately, you know, triggers a text, and I call as soon as I get an opportunity to. Um, and that's always my first question for them is, hey, I just wanted to connect with you. Wanted to see if you've made any changes since your last purchase because I can't, I can't, correctly give you a price without knowing a little bit more about your home. Exactly. Uh, and that kind of gets that conversation going and gets me in the door. Um, and once you're in the door, it's done deal. You've done something that a lot of agents are afraid to do. And I don't even know if you realize you've done this, yeah. but when you ask, so on the, that lead form, so it's a, it's a Facebook ad, a lead generation objective, which is the only ad that gives you that form. Yep. Um, you, by asking for more, you're limiting in theory, how many people will fill it out. More friction equals usually uh, fewer leads, but you get better leads. Yep. You get um, higher intent. So it, have you noticed that just by doing that, you're just getting better leads? Like if they're going to give you their I, address, I, like. I almost always get a response from them. I, I very rarely have a lead come in through there who will not at least, um, entertain a phone call or a text conversation. Um, and I wow. do that very awesome. perfectly. As you know, I, I work a second job. I don't have time to call two to 300 people a day. I, I honestly would like to call five people a day and that would be it. And if I can get five, which I, I pretty typically get three to six good seller leads a day. Um, if I can have a conversation with three of them, that's a good day. That's awesome, man. I mean, yeah. what are you doing on the targeting for that? Are you keeping it fairly loose for, um, as far as the audience? Um, no, I do the, I think I start with Zillow, uh, Zillow.com or something along those lines as an interest and pretty mm-hmm. much hit all the uh, recommendations after that for interest. Like, like Redfin and Mortgage Calculator and um, all of the above. buying a home, stuff like that. Yep. You yeah, just hit them all. Great. Nice. Cool, man. No, I, I love it. That's uh, and thank you for getting specific on that because admittedly seller, it is harder to get seller leads, especially quality um, motivated ones. It's harder to get those through Facebook than it is buyer leads. Buyer leads are much easier because it's like 
you know, here's this list of homes. Here's this, you know, everybody wants a house. Right. Um, so it's, it's easier. There's a lot less friction there um, in the subject matter. So uh, I'm stoked that you've done it that way. I know that a lot of agents and this, I'm not even saying this is a bad thing. It's just a different way. When they're trying to get seller leads, they will, um, they'll do the traffic objective to send them to their website where then they have to put their address and everything in right. on their website. Now, obviously that's more friction. You're getting the information right there on Facebook. It auto-populates their name, their email address, their phone number, whatever's attached to their Facebook account. And, right. and so that's, that's good. Yeah, um, but you're not, you're not waiting on them to hopefully go to your website, wait for it to load, then fill it out without getting distracted by all the other shit that's on it. Right. And, and so I like the way you've done that. It doesn't mean the other way doesn't work. Um, you know, you just... It's less of an opportunity for them to back out is all. Yes. Yep. And it's such a great reminder uh, to people that when you're marketing, when you want somebody to do a specific thing, don't give them a bunch of other options. If you want them to fill out a form, don't add a bunch of extra text to it. If you want their name and email address and phone number, don't have a big paragraph before that. Just have name, email, and phone number. They know what to do. Yeah. And then yeah. the submit button. Um, yeah. So, so I like that. There's a lot of great principles there that I think are going to be super helpful. Um, yeah. What else are you doing that's, that's working? I mean, Homes for Heroes sounds amazing for you, especially in your market. Um, and then you're a Dave Ramsey ELP? I am a Dave Ramsey ELP. Um, what does that look like? Um, I assume they take a, a percentage. Yeah, it's a twenty-four. Ah, uh, you know, it's thirty percent referral. It's a thirty percent referral fee, which um, that's pretty standard. It's a hit or miss. Um, a lot of people go into the Dave Ramsey program aren't necessarily. Uh, they might be looking at Dave Ramsey's site because they need credit repair or, uh, you know, they're trying to get back into the spot where they want to be financially. So a lot of them end up being, you know, longer term nurture clients and connecting with them a lender and, and hopefully they stick with the plan. But um, so far, so good. Um, met some really good people from it. Uh, actually just started this program a month or so ago. Uh, I've already got two listings out of it in uh, Dave Ramsey is a little bit unique because they actually recommend that you speak with three different Ramsey endorsed local providers. So you're competing against other Ramsey providers. Interesting. So okay. every time I go to a listing appointment, I know the two people who are coming to the door behind me. So if I can right. beat them, great, but can't win them all. Can't win them all. No, and yep. you're filling your pipeline. Uh, it's, it's crazy because so Dave Ramsey, when I, first, before I got into the business, I started as a real estate investor. I was trying to flip homes and I was doing it with my parents. They were my partners. And so I was not an agent yet. I listened to Dave Ramsey and we reached out to one of their ELPs in Salt Lake for advice on this, this property that we were, uh, that we were wanting to, to buy and, and then resell. Yeah. Um, I just remember what was going on in my mind at the time. It was hey, here's this guy, Dave Ramsey, that I trust and respect, especially on the topic. And so if he says this person is good, they must be good. Yeah. Uh, that's branding. That, that is branding. Dave Ramsey, yeah. through his voice, has done that. Um, it, it's just creating credibility for yourself. That's what, guys, this is what we talk about all the time. Starting a podcast, starting a show, doing a video show, writing articles, 
any of that will do the exact same thing uh, that is going on there with Dave Ramsey. So um, interesting. I've heard, I've heard a lot of people having success with being one of his ELPs. Um, So that's cool. It was a tough one to get to. It was actually um, probably the hardest referral program I could find. I think you needed to do 35 transactions a year and you need to maintain that. You have to go to monthly coaching calls. There's a lot to this one. Um, and I like that. That's yeah. cool because then, and that's smart for them. Then they know that if they're recommending someone that they're likely they they're pretty doing. damn good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so some of these other ones, all they care about is their, their 30% or 35% referral fee. They don't give a shit who they endorse. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, awesome, man. Uh, what, what's in store for you next? Like what, you've, you've had a yeah. great first year. You're halfway into ish into your, your next year. Yeah. Um, like what, what's in store? Like, what are you planning and, uh, right. and what are you working on? It's a tough question. I'm, uh, I'm still figuring that out myself. I'm here two months into my second year with EXP and I should cap within the next month and a half or so. I think, my time is pretty much maxed out. I know you and I have had the conversation a few times about starting a team. And then I've also gone back and forth with a few other people about starting a team. And it seems, you know, deep down, that's probably not what I want to do. Like a just traditional people. team, buyer's agents, listing agents. Yep. That's just yep. because I, I really care about my reputation mm-hmm. and I don't want to put that in other people's hands. I would rather continue to grow myself and, you know, try to bring some more people on board to EXP. I think that's ultimately the next, um, the next best, best path for me to take. So I'm starting on the recruiting. It's, I kind of went that same route too, where originally, and you've probably heard the story. I believe I've told it on this podcast before, but when I first got into, into real estate, I wanted to have my own brokerage because I didn't know any other way to do it. I thought like that's the ladder of, of success in real estate is you get licensed, right. then you become a broker and then you become your own broker with your own brokerage. Right. And then I started to learn, well, wait a minute, why don't I just have a team? So I could still do all the stuff that you could with your own brokerage. Just let another brokerage handle all the crap that I don't want to do. I don't want to manage. I don't want to deal with trust accounts and, and liability and all this stuff. So I'm like, I'm going to do a team. And I was operating under that assumption and with that goal for, for a couple of years. And then, you know, EXP came along and it, I did not want to make this episode an EXP episode, but like it's a, it's a different business model. So we should probably talk about it. Um, I realized that I don't need to do that. I don't need to have a traditional team because Matthew, I don't, I don't want to manage people. I want to no. help them. Uh, I want to be there to support and, and guide and coach, but I don't want to manage anybody. Right. Uh, that's a lot of responsibility. If I'm going to have a buyer's agent that has a, that I have a commission split with and mm-hmm. you know, part of that is me feeding them leads or, or whatever, like that's responsibility that I just don't have time for or want. Um, and it's not necessary with some of the business models of today. So it's interesting that you kind of followed the same path, albeit in just a very short period of time. Yeah. It's um, it's, it's, essentially right where my head's at today. Uh, it's kind of the way I'm thinking of things. And I just know my, my time is maxed out completely. However, even handing off leads to a buyer's agent that puts my name at risk. That's um, ultimately that's more responsibility for me. Um, it's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. 
Yep. That there's a, there's another way that there's. Absolutely. I just need to get good at the other way. I'm a recruiter, right? <laughs> you're, you're selling too many damn homes. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> and not I, a problem. I know myself. I knew, I knew going into this that I, and, and this is me being brutally honest with myself. I'm not a recruiter. Mm-hmm. I'm very process orientated. I, I'm a, I can sell. I'm extremely driven. I'll do what it takes to sell homes, but I need to learn the ways of actually, um, you know, recruiting. Right. Uh, I felt exactly the same way. And I still don't consider myself a recruiter in the traditional sense because we think of recruiters as like, you get a random cold call from somebody. It's like, Hey, it's so-and-so from, you know, Stonebrook, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, would you like to sit down with our broker? And he's offering this, like, that's, that's always what I thought. And I'm like, I, nope, not going to do it. Can't do it. Won't do it. Um, Those are the best. I love those. Yes. And by best, you mean the worst. Yeah. Yeah. The team leader here is really interested in talking with you. Would you like to come in and sit down and speak with her? And I'm just thinking in the back of my head, if she's really that interested in talking with me, why is she not calling me right now? Yeah. Why are we not talking? If yeah. That was the case. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, I think people get that. They feel like that's who they need to be with. And this is not just an EXP thing. You know, yeah. you can recruit and, and they, they incentivize you to attract agents to your brokerage at, Keller at Exit at you know a bunch of different brokerages. So um, what I've found is is to completely just forget about this notion of recruiting. You're not going to do it. That's right. it's not what works anyways. Yep. You attract, and the best way to do it is you become a professional inviter to invite people to see the information. And thank God EXP has a great video that that shows the business model and and you can see that at massiveagentpodcast.com slash exp but you're you're basically you don't need to convince people you don't need to create your own presentation you don't need to know every detail of everything you're not there to convince people you're there to invite them to watch a video which does the heavy lifting for you and then it's just following up afterwards and and helping them to uh, decide whether or not it makes sense for them and their priorities and and their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, once once I fully embraced that and started doing that, and I know I talk a lot about it on the show because you yeah. know to attract people to watch the video, I'm just following that system. And it, once I did that, it started working very very well. As long as you're with a, as long as you have a business model that is attractive that people actually want to begin with, that's it. You just become a professional inviter. Have, have a third-party tool do the heavy lifting of the information and the details, and then you just talk to them afterwards and, you know, like, hey, does this make sense for you? No? Okay, cool. Like, you've done right. your job. That's yeah. it. So, I've uh, only actually pushed that video towards two people. Both of them ended up joining EXP, and both of them, uh, oh, shit. Both of them did interview with other firms. So, apparently, the video does a great job. You're two for two? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Well, let's get you to 10 for 10 by the end of, yeah, know, end right? of today. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I no, that's, that's cool. And for anyone yeah. listening, if you, if you are recruiting for your brokerage, that is the way that works. It's 2020 for God's sakes. Okay. Everyone is being hit up by multiple brokerages to join. And like, if you can just learn to invite someone to watch a video or a webinar or something, there's, there's so little friction in that. And then, then they can get the information and decide if 
if they even want to learn more or not. Like that, right. that's, that's it. That's the key to success, whoever you're recruiting for. So I'm stoked to hear that, man. That, that, that video is great. Um, so what, is there anything that we didn't cover? I mean, you've sold a bunch of homes already. Um, you, you get reviews, you set the expectation up front before you work with them that, you're, that you expect to do such a great job that they leave you a review. And by the way, yeah. whenever I do that, they remember that oh, yeah. you don't need to remind them every week. Like, no, no I, keep the a, expectation. I keep a spreadsheet for every, um, all the transactions I have going on uh, about six to seven days after closing that request for reviews goes out. I would say I probably have 80% of my clients have left reviews. So on one medium or another, they might, sometimes I'll do Facebook and not do Google. I ask them to do all three, but you get what you get. And you know, if I can get one of them, I'm happy. So do you ask for Google, Facebook and Yelp? Google, Facebook and Zillow. And Zillow. You do Zillow. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am a Zillow premier agent. I know you might not want to hear that, but I am. Yep. Hey. It works. I mean, if the, if the return on investment is there for me, then I'm not going to turn it off. See, that's one of those, uh, that's one of those topics that there is no one all or nothing answer. You know, um, I chose not to do Zillow because I saw that other agents in my large market were, they had 300, 500 reviews and then mine with 12 or right. nine or whatever. And I'm like, why would anyone click that? So right. for me, I was like, I'm just going to focus my efforts elsewhere. But depending on your market, depending on who you are and how many reviews you can accumulate quickly. And, and it matters what kind of state you're in. Is it a disclosure state? Uh, is Zillow a disclosure state for sales or is uh, North Carolina a disclosure state? Um, I am not sure. No. So is Zillow. So, so like half the States Zillow is more accurate than others. So in Utah, we're a non-disclosure state. So the sale price does not have to be disclosed. And the only thing that's public information is, uh, you know, the, the deed of trust, like, you know, how much was financed or, or whatever. So Zillow gets very, uh, it does not get complete information and it skews all their numbers dramatically. And so it sucks. I would, I would say that we are a disclosure state then because it's pretty, okay. pretty spot on here. Okay, cool. Yeah. And that factors into the conversation as well. So, and dude, if it works for you, if you're like, if you're comfortable with spending X to get Y, freaking do it. Like, yeah. don't let I anyone else tell you not to. If I'm winning with it, then I'm not shutting it down. That's just business. So I love it. Yep. Love it, man. Cool. You've, you've shared a lot of great tips and nuggets and it's cool watching your success that that's happened fairly quickly, but you're obviously, you know, it's not a surprise. You are methodical and not in a nerdy way, but like you, you're thoughtful about the things you do and why you do them. And, and you're not just like throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks. You, you set up front, you pick three or four um, sources of leads and right. business and you focus on those and, and you don't get distracted with all the other stuff. Like, uh, and it's worked for you. So yeah. any, any parting words of wisdom or guidance for a new agent or an agent who's, who's uh, struggling to, to really grow? Um, I'd say you took, you took it out of my mouth. I, I would say focus on, there's a, there's a lot that people are going to put in your face, a lot of different lead sources that people are going to push on you and different sites are going to push on you. Stick with three or four and get out of your comfort zone with them. 
and, and see what you can make happen. Give it three or four months for each one of them. If they don't work, try something new. Love it, man. Yeah. Love it. So before we wrap it up, uh, we, every time we have a guest, we do our rapid fire questions. So um, let's us get to know you a little bit better. We'll do that. And then we'll wrap it up with a, a, an app recommendation and the most impactful book you've ever, you've ever read. So just pick either, or you don't need to elaborate. You could just pick one or the other um, and we'll go from there. So Facebook or Instagram, Facebook, Facebook or LinkedIn, Facebook books or podcasts, podcasts, podcasts or audio books. Podcast. I listen to podcasts for fun. If I'm trying to learn something, I listen to an audio book. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go podcast because I enjoy it more. Nice. Yeah. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Good call. Alexa yep. or Google Home? Uh, Alexa. Burgers or pizza? Burgers. New York or LA? I'm originally from Boston, so it's going to be LA over New York any day. Of the week. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, mountains or beach? Oh man, um, I don't know. If You're in a beach community, right? Is... I live. Yeah, that's the water right there behind you. I'm. Uh, I live at the beach. However, I'm also a climber. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say the mountains because I enjoy going to them more, whereas I have the beach here at home. Fair enough. Fair enough. NFL or NBA? NFL. Uh, Football or baseball? Football. College or pro? I don't know anything about college, so I'm going to go pro. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Podcasting or vlogging? (laughs) Podcasting. YouTube or Facebook Live? YouTube. Uber or Lyft? Uber. Gary V or Grant Cardone? <sighs> Grant. Okay, so I have a question for you then. Right. So I saw on Instagram Live or something the other day, he, he claimed he was bankrupt, that he was filing bankruptcy and, and uh, the bank was taking back this big portfolio of properties and his plane and shit, but there was something so weird about it what was that all about? Like, is he really bankrupt already? Like a month and a half into this deal? Or is this just some bullshit um, marketing thing he's doing? It sounds like bullshit to me. I didn't see that (laughs) video, but that sounds like a load of crap. Yeah. Yeah. I had somebody text me and they're like, like, do you see Grant Cardone's filing bankruptcy? I'm like, my first reaction was already. Yeah. This thing just barely turned, but I know through, uh, what Cardone Capital or whatever, he's got that huge portfolio of commercial real estate, which is yeah. getting killed. Some so kind it, of play, I bet. Yeah, it, it was weird though. And he had this weird haircut. Like, I, I don't know, man. He's a weird dude. But what do you like about him versus Gary V? Gary V is too high energy. He stresses me okay. out. Um, he just got, he's got so much going on. I can't even, uh... <laughs> and every time I listen to his podcast, I feel like I'm not doing enough. It's like, oh, you got to do this, 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 and this. And if you're not, then I'm like, well, crap, who can do all that? <laughs> right. That's fair. Fair enough. Yeah. Give us an app recommendation, an app that you've been using a lot that you love, yep. business or otherwise. I, I absolutely live by things three. 
Um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that one. It is a, I'm sure you've By heard of what? To-do list. Have you ever heard of like a to-do list or it's basically oh, yeah. a really um, well-developed to-do list. Whenever I have a client go under contract, I move them out of my CRM and I add the entire sales process under their name in my to-do list. And that's the only way I think right now I have 15 sides under contract and the only way for me to keep up with them instead of just going back to my CRM, I keep a, a running to-do list for each client. And once I, for example, if I get through due diligence, I'll erase due diligence from their name and I just move down the checklist for each one. So it really helps me stay uh, on top of things. What's that called again? Things three. Things three. Yep. Sounds like a movie that my kids would be watching. Yeah, it's um, I I've tried all the to do lists, and this one blows them out of the water. I think it's um, Apple specific though. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And then, what's the most impactful book you've ever read or listened to? Say, <sighs> uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Same. Changed yeah. everything for me. Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. Matthew, thanks so much, man. And how can any, how can people follow you and see what you're up to? What's the best place to find you? Yep. Best place to find me is on Facebook. Um, Matthew Kane, Coastal Carolina's favorite realtor. Love it. Yeah. Awesome, man. And I'll have your social links up on massiveagentpodcast.com as well for this episode. So if you want to find Matthew, then that's where to do it. Cool. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate you sharing your story and congratulations. You've been doing great. I'm sure your family is pretty excited about that. So, uh, yeah, excited to see what you do with with this next year. Thanks for having me, Dustin. You bet. Guys, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There was a lot of great stuff, a lot of good tactics and specifics given. So uh, I really enjoyed that. Matthew, thanks so much. Great stuff, my man. You are absolutely killing it and, and leading by example. You're showing other agents how they can do it themselves if they just focus on doing the right things and doing it well and doing it over and over. So nice job, my friend. Guys, thank you so much for listening. If you have not yet, please subscribe to the show wherever you're listening, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, wherever. Please subscribe to the show. If you've already subscribed, go ahead and unsubscribe and then resubscribe again. From my understanding, that actually helps us rise up in the charts so we can actually grow our audience, be found by more agents and do cooler stuff in the future for you guys. So that is awesome. Thank you for doing that. And if you, if you've already subscribed, if you've already left a review, thank you. And if you haven't just go to massiveagentpodcast.com slash review, that'll take you right to our podcast on Apple podcasts where you can leave a review. If you have, if you have 10 seconds or 15 seconds to spare, type a quick review. It helps us out a lot. And, uh, and if not, just give us a quick rating. Hopefully we've earned five stars from you and you found value. And then please share this with a colleague, share it with a Facebook group that you're part of. Help us. If you found this or any other episode valuable, please share it with other agents. Don't keep it secret. Don't be a secret agent on your social profiles and don't, don't be a secret agent with, with hoarding information that you find valuable. There's so much business to go around and, and please pay, uh, pay it forward, so to speak, and help other agents discover this as well. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Massive Agent Podcast. Take care.